Thanks for joining us on the War on Marriage podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Robin. And we believe marriage needs to be fought for. Christ says in Matthew 19, 6, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Yet we constantly see and hear otherwise. Join us as we have honest discussions on in-laws, money, fights, and of course, sex. Together, we will learn from Christ and others about how to fortify our marriages. Hello, and welcome back to part two of the Our Story series. Um, Today, we're going to be getting into the importance and significance of a vow um, and covenants, and we're going to be looking at uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 7. So, before we actually get into it, Robin will read uh, that those verses for us, and we'll go from there. All right, so verse 4 through 7. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill it. Do not let your mouth lead you into sin, and do not protest to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be an, be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. So, again, that was Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 7. Um, so, that's good, and we'll get to that in a sec. But we wanted to look at um, the word covenant. Um because we talked about how marriage is a covenant. Yeah, it basically goes hand in hand in the church. Right. So we did some we did some research, or we looked up um, like where the idea of a, does it talk about a covenantal or covenant marriage in the Bible, and we couldn't exactly find anything. So we determined, you know, in our own scientific reasoning that. Um, a co- the idea of a marriage being a covenant is derived from just Christ and the church. And yeah, it's like how that. a covenant was used in the Bible or Ooh, is used in the right. Bible. And the covenant, a covenant is in the Bible um, is basically a promise that God makes to us. It's a relationship, right. personal relationship with God working alongside him for a common goal. It's a promise that he makes to us knowing that we can't keep our end of the bargain. But right. it's just a strong and powerful promise. Right. And the fact that the church uses the word covenant with marriage, mm-hmm. but it is really only something that God can hold, it shows like the impact and importance of what an actual marriage is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look uh, back in the Old Testament, there's um, oftentimes where, the concept of a covenant comes in more so than the New Testament. The New Testament talks about the new covenant, which in essence is Christ. Um, but in, you know, Old Testament biblical times, God made um, covenants with his people. Um, and basically it was a promise, as Robin said, to to do certain things. Um, and oftentimes knowing full well that, us dinky humans will not um, fulfill it. Fulfill but even that though covenant. 
he knows that he's still keeping his promise. It's an example of unconditional love. Right. So then that those Old Testament covenants then lead to Jesus. And a great uh, resource, if you want to dive deeper into that, go right. to Bible Project and look up covenant. They yeah. go they go very well into yeah. that. Yeah, it's a good it's a good five ten minute YouTube video. They talk yeah. about covenants. So, all right. So now we're we're coming back to Ecclesiastes um, and this. Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 7, the, the word vow really stuck out to us. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the verse that um, I think that we kind of wanted to hit on while they were all good was verse 7, I believe it was. It was much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. So. And the way that we're, the way that that applies to our story is the fact that we kept in our echo chamber, we're saying, well, we love each other. Well, we're going to get married. Like right. the purpose of waiting, what's the purpose of waiting so we get married to have sex if our emotions aren't going to change? Like I'm still going to love you. That wedding day isn't going to change how much I love you. So what's the difference between having sex now and waiting until after the wedding day? Nothing yeah. changes. It's just a legal piece of paper, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, that's what the world tells us. But in reality, as Robin had mentioned in, in part one, like it's not just about virginity or even just purity. It's it's abstaining from um, sex before marriage is freeing. <laughs> I know like someone who is not a Christian who hears that would say that literally feels like there's shackles on me. I can't oh, have yeah. sex before marriage, but there's, there's something about discipline equaling freedom, right? I think it's also just the fact that when you do that, because it's so difficult and you have to rely on God, the freedom comes from that deeper relationship with God. Yes. I mean, if you think about Lent, like what's the purpose of Lent? It's yes. not just to give something up. It's like, oh, well, I gave up soda. Did you ever drink soda before? No, so it was an easy one. That's why I chose to do it. No, you're supposed to pick something difficult. Right. Because the purpose is to give something up and whenever you're tempted by it, to pray and meditate and rely on God. The purpose of Lent is to draw you closer to God. So if you yeah. pick something easy, you're not going to fall on him. Just like with temptation. Right. It's hard. It's meant to draw you closer to God because you're relying on him so much. And and in those moments, like something that always, when I'm in my sin and I think I'm the only one, or I think like, how could anyone know what this feels like? I always think back to, to Christ in the wilderness, right? And 40 mm. days and 40 nights. And, and he is there being tempted. Like every temptation ever. Past, present, and future. <laughs> and like that's hard to think about. And, 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 and that may not be specific things, right? But when you boil all these temptations and sins down, they, they come to specific things right pride lust greed like all these things can be boiled down um to these very basic overall things and i always think back you know i always think that like christ knows what i'm going through yeah and and and, and that's both like hard but freeing and if you also look at his 40 days and nights in the wilderness he didn't just do it on his own. Mm. Uh, the, he was praying and Constantly. he quoted cr- scripture. 
Right. He wasn't just doing it out of his right. own strong will. He was relying on his father. Right. And, and that's something that we did not do. Yeah. So what we did is we looked at like, what is covenant? It is such a strong word, strong meaning. And we're applying that to marriage. And it's like, okay, so then, yeah, I have I have all those feelings towards Nick. Like, yeah, we're going to get married. So what's wrong with this? I, it's still not supporting the idea of, well, you should wait until you get married. But right. then Ecclesiastics supports why you should wait. Right. Because your words mean nothing. Yeah. It literally says that. It <laughs> says many words are meaningless. meaningless. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. And that's what we were doing. It was just words. Right. It's just like the idea of, oh, well, I'm going to train for a half marathon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can say that all you want until I see you that day with your race day bib on. It means nothing. Wait, you're going to run a half marathon? I mean, yeah, I'm working on it. But I haven't signed up for that race yet, so right. it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I said I was going to run a half marathon at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, I could even start training for that half marathon or that marathon, start training for it, have this whole workout plan, this schedule, a planning for a wedding, this whole um vendors picked out and everything like that everything's in motion and we're working towards it but that race day hasn't come yet i haven't pinned that bib on and that's that's a great example because how often do we hear about brides or grooms leaving on the wedding on the wedding day Mm -hmm. i know it's few and far in between but that's that that right maybe it's few and far in between because people don't want to talk about it yeah because maybe it happens more often than we know but like Mm -hmm. that that's another reason because what what happens if you don't spend the rest of your life with that yeah. person? And uh, so not to not that's not about divorce. That's about getting married. Yeah. Right? And it, it's it's just the idea of there is a commitment to have that wedding day. Yeah. You are making those vows mm. and it is a physical act. It's a statement to everyone else of this is the person I'm spending the rest of my life with. And then you can say, well, it doesn't matter about everyone else. You're completely right. But at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. And the idea of saying, well, I'm going to marry you or I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you and then not doing anything to say, look, I'm proving to you that I will spend the rest of my life with you. Mm -hmm. Then your words are just words. Yeah. And um, even... The Bible, it says, when you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. So you can't just say, and this isn't saying the first day that you meet the love of your life. You <laughs> say, oh, I'm going to marry you. Let's go to the courthouse right now. No, no, no. That's not what it's saying. But it's the idea of if you honestly feel that way about your the one that you're dating, the one that you want to marry that like, I want to marry you, but you're not in a place to actually get married, then you can't then that's a good test of like, we shouldn't have sex right now because we need to wait. And it could be for any majority of reasons. We need to wait until we have finances or we need to wait until uh, we get a little bit closer or I need to go through this personal, um, I need to work through these personal things first or we need to become stronger in this or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You can't just say, well, I want to marry you on after or when it's, if you are making that statement to your significant other then you should be able to fulfill it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because kind of like you said, I mean, this is, you know, maybe countered, not necessarily counter to what you said, but like you can talk about marriage in the first day, in the first week. Oh, yeah. And then 
love struck months, puppy dogs. Yeah, two months later, you're broken up and you had sex, and it's like, then what did that I do to your we heart? I thought we were getting married. And then, you know, I saw something my f- our, our freshman year of college that um, basically said that there is like sexual sin leaves scars on your heart, right? Mm. That uh, that person is always going to have a place on your heart you know unfortunately um and and oftentimes it's going to be a scar because Mm -hmm. they took a part of you with them right like we can downplay like society can downplay sex and say well it's just two two animals coming together to (laughs) do whatever but it's like no 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 there's so much more that you are so vulnerable at that moment yeah even even now in marriage like still oh yeah same thing it's 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 more than just and when we do downplay it and when it does mean nothing it's lost its power right because i i've heard that people talk about how sex is a selfish action and it is in lust and it is in um you know in non-biblical fashion but I would argue that sex is selfless in a marriage. Mm. That that you are giving part of yourself up to your spouse. And that is a uh, very much a selfless act. I've also heard a very interesting concept. Uh, the idea of, well, sex is such a big part of marriage. And it is. It's that physical aspect. And you should have sex within marriage. But what if... Like, I want to find out if we first mesh well. Like, I first want to find out if, like, we can have Mm. good sex together before I make that commitment. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, that's that's definitely a thought. But here's the thing. Like, you can learn how to have sex. Because at the end of the day, the mechanics are the mechanics. Yeah. That part doesn't change. Right. (laughs) And the way that you figure out and, like, it's for you guys to just magically work well together the first time okay that's fantastic but that's a rarity and to be honest you being able to talk about sex and talk about your desires and what you want and what feels good and what doesn't feel good that is so much stronger of a relationship Mm -hmm. if you if you have a strong relationship if you're in a relationship with someone but you don't have the ability to talk about sex how open of a conversation how open of a relationship do you guys have with each other how much trust you have in the other person so if you're worried about like well i don't know like what if it just doesn't work well on the wedding day it's like you will learn like yeah but i think i think those conversations need to be had before marriage as well as after right i i think like talking what do you mean by the conversations so yeah it might be let me let me backtrack like y'all who are not married need to talk about like um abstaining Right. Like, mm. I think you need to have those conversations and why you should do that. And you also need to have those conversations with uh, members of the same sex, um, your friends about that. And that that goes into like the idea of accountability and stuff. And then afterwards, kind of what Rob was getting into, because like sex is such a n- different <laughs> thing right it's such a new thing when you're inexperienced and young and Mm -hmm. you know um, but sex isn't just a physical thing sex is of the heart and maybe that's where those premarital conversations need to come into play right like we got premarital counseling books about sex and like 
you know, those sheet music, right? There was, there was stuff about read this book up to this point, mm-hmm. you know. Afterwards, it's going to lead you too much into temptation. Yeah, so then read the other stuff afterwards. But yeah, so. But so you had also talked about how it leaves a scar in your heart mm-hmm. um, when the person leaves you or they aren't there and that always carries with you because the experience carries with you. Yeah. Um, but so then we also had that mindset of, well, we've only ever had sex with each other. So that's a win, yeah. right? I would argue that there are scars on my heart from those experiences. Same. Because kind of like we talked about in part one, right? Like I still, even to this day, don't feel pure per se in our relationship. Not that I don't like it because <laughs> I love you. Um, but it's just, you know, I can, the Satan can get in my head and these thoughts can creep in of like, well, it's not, it's not legit. Right. For me, it's definitely, um, there's a rut that Mm. I can fall into. And that was what we did before marriage, which was just a physical thing. Yeah. And I can easily just fall into that rut of not focusing on any emotions or the heart or Mm -hmm. just turning it into, well, I'll, I'll just please him or, well, we'll just like, yeah, it's fine. And not focusing anything on the heart. Like because we, because we had done it before and that experience was not of the heart, it is so easy for me to fall back into that. Right. For sure. And it's not one of those things where, um, well, at least you had, at least you only had sex with one person. There's that idea of if you have to say at least, right. <laughs> there's something wrong. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're not focused on the idea of virginity or just having sex with one person. That's not the point of it. Right. The point of it is to have a deeper relationship with God because this is such a hard thing to do. He wants you to fall on him. And that's not, I didn't realize that. I didn't know that. I thought it was just, well, people are stronger than me. (laughs) No, everyone struggles. No one can do it on their own. No one's stronger than you. It's, they just have a strong, they might just have a strong relationship with God. They're just falling on God more. Yeah. You might just not see them fall in front of you because they're taking it up with God. For sure. Well, that was part two. Um, And we talked about vows, covenants, um, and the importance of, you know, staying within those vows and staying within those covenants and and Mm -hmm. looking to scripture for motivation, uh, for accountability and stuff like that. Yeah. And then if you take the idea of how much dreaming and many words are meaningless, therefore stands in awe of God. Uh, verse seven and the idea of a marathon you Mm. can say all you want that you want to run a marathon uh, that you're going to train for it you can print out this very pretty training schedule figure out all the paths that you're going to take even work on training all the way Mm -hmm. but until you sign up put the money down for the The um for the race and actually show up to the race it's, it means nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's the same idea Even with finish. a wedding day. You can say all you want about getting married, daydream about getting married, plan the wedding completely out, put money down for it. But until you are there in front of your loved one, saying your vows and telling them like, look, this is, I'm showing you that I want to spend the rest of my right. life with you. Your words are meaningless. Right. So 
All right. Stakes. And I do just want to say that might okay. sound a little harsh. And you're like, well, I mean it when I say it to my loved one. It's like, okay, yeah, but this is what this is what God is saying. Yeah. It's like, do you do you mean it this much? Yeah, and and it, you know, these are things that we learned, right? Mm. So like, mm-hmm. we want to be ruthless in this stuff. Which, wow, that actually gets into part three of this: <laughs> how we can be ruthless with our sin and uh, we're going to talk about matthew uh, matthew 5 29 through 30 in part three of this uh, our story series so stay tuned for that and we will see you in part three